0: The trade deadline is almost here. And there was so much Soto teasing over the weekend that I thought I was going to explode. Plus, we'll delve into the ups and downs of the weekend on the field for the Cardinals. And does having the young back make another player that more expendable now? It's all coming up in today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello there once again. I'm J.D. Haffron and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Cardinals, a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all the info about the birds on the bat. I got Fred Bird here today. We're ready to rock and roll. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you, so you never have to go to a dealership ever again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. Well, welcome to August, everyone. It is August the 1st, and uh, we're another day closer to the trade deadline which is tomorrow at 5 p.m. St. Louis time. Not that Soto Watch hasn't been a thing already, but it was at an all-time level over the weekend with the Cardinals actually in Washington facing Juan Soto and the Nationals with every at-bat, every glance Soto made towards the dugout. Tyler O'Neal getting pulled from Saturday's game and immediately social media explodes that he's been traded. Then we find out he's been dealing with leg cramps and everybody's like, oh, no, Okay, I even I even tweeted out. I was like, can we get the guy a Pedialyte or a Gatorade or some water? You, you just can't pull one of your outfielders in the middle of a game right before the trade deadline when everybody's talking about him possibly being traded for like a pitcher or even the right fielder for the other team. But just leg cramps. Apparently, O'Neill will be okay. And then he's not in the lineup on Sunday. So people begin to speculate. Is it actually because he's part of an upcoming deal? It doesn't come to fruition. Um, uh, then of course you've got the, uh, camera shot to nationals GM, Mike Rizzo's private suite where he and Cardinals GM, John Mozeliak are just sitting there chatting. They're smiling. They're pointing up at the TV as they're on TV. They're shaking hands at one point. And we're all like, oh, that's it. That's the thing. You see all the, uh, the gifs or gifs. I don't know which way you guys like to say it online. They're, they're all over the place of them shaking hands. Everybody's like, that's it. Done deal. Soto's on his way. Cardinals fans were certain about it, but um, didn't happen. But that is the roller coaster ride that is the trade deadline for the St. Louis Cardinals here in 2022. It's like we're riding, to put into perspective, it's like we're riding the Screaming Eagle, the Ninja, the Boss, and Mr. Freeze at Six Flags, but we're riding them all at the same time. You've got the excitement. There's hesitation. Ooh, should we do this? There's fear. Oh my gosh, are we really doing this? There's the nervousness. There's hope that maybe it does get done and this team takes off and makes a run here in the playoffs. It's all happening at once too. Our, our emotions are just being pulled apart at all sorts of different directions, but that's the fun thing of the trade deadline, at least when your team is in contention to land some of these people. It reminds me of when uh, the Cardinals were trying to get McGuire. All right. The Cardinals team back to, it wasn't even a good team, but the idea that Mark McGuire might be in a Cardinals uniform and they might get him from Oakland, which did happen. And then, of course, you saw the, the magic that ensued after McGuire got into a Cardinals uniform. It was fun. It was really, really fun. Now, this team has multiple needs, has some of the best prospects in baseball to make moves to address those needs, and a fan base that is waiting anxiously to see if they can pull the trigger on a monster deal for what many consider a generational talent in Juan Soto. So do they target their need for pitching instead? What if they switch it up and they say, nah, Soto's too expensive. Let's go pitching instead. What happens if they chicken out altogether and just make a couple of minor deals that don't really move the needle at all? People would be pretty upset then. Now, there's an argument for both sides on what is the proper thing to do for this franchise. And I know that this is the most not hot take thing to say, but I can see how both sides make sense, which is why this is so hard this year. If you trade for Soto and you give up a starting outfielder like, uh, you know, an O'Neal or a Carlson. Plus, you give up Walker, who went bonkers over this past week, hitting like four home runs in a couple of games. Uh, Mason Wynn, who went yard a few times. And whoever else the Nationals are asking for, does that do enough to put you in contention with the Brewers, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Padres, the Phillies? Are you as good or better than any of the teams if you get Soto? But you take away people from your farm system and what looks like is going to be players off your current roster. A lot of people say no. I tend to agree with those people. I I think just bringing Soto into this lineup and subtracting people like a Carlson or a Gorman, I, I don't see how that makes you all that much better. You just happen to have Juan Soto on your team now. Now, if you trade the prospects for pitching, Frankie Montas, Tyler Malley, Pablo Lopez, he got ripped yesterday, by the way. Uh, Mets, ooh, they made it rough for him. Uh, Carlos Rodon of the Giants, another name that's uh, recently popped up that could be available. He looked real good last night against the Cubs. Is adding one or more of those arms going to put you onto those teams' level? I would think that you'd have a better chance of getting there if you had a couple of pitchers and I saw what the Reds got for Luis Castillo over the weekend, which set the bar real high. They didn't do they didn't do the Cardinals any favors there. I mean, are you really willing to trade all of the prospects for a couple of years of Montas or Malley when you could have had Juan Soto? Like Seattle gave up three of their top five prospects for Luis Castillo. Think about that. Three of them for Luis Castillo. So now all the other teams are going to feel the same way. They're like, well, well I mean, if that's what Luis Castillo got, we deserve at least two of your top five, right? Are you willing to do that? What if you look at the big picture for Soto? You give up the farm. You have him for two years with your core of Gold Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmund, Gorman, if he's not traded. Some combo of O'Neal, Bader, Carlson, depending on if you have to trade any of them. And then you don't do much in the playoffs this year, but then you address the rotation in the offseason and next year in what would be kind of like an all-in scenario. Doesn't really seem like the Cardinal way, but what if? All of this is what makes it all so fascinating. It's why all of this is so much fun to discuss, and there's no right or wrong answer right now, because none of us, at least that I'm aware of, can see into the future to help us decide the right path. So what I would like you to do is to leave your comments down below on what you think the team should do. Do you want Soto? Do you want pitching? Do you want a combination of both? Which sounds great and all, but what if you have to trade the prospects to get Soto that everybody else wants for the pitching. And then you don't have them anymore to give up. So the the debate continues, to say the least. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, the return of Paul DeYoung. It was good to see Paul E.D. back in a Cardinals uniform, and he looked good. But does the return of Paul e. D also mean that a, a certain player on the roster right now is more expendable? Talk about it here in just a moment. Now, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word. That you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin I've been there. I'm sure you have too. post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making locked on Cardinals. Your first listen every day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd and locked on MLB has all the breakdowns locked on Cardinals will have rapid reactions to any moves that are made. You can subscribe now to locked on Cardinals on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you get notified when each episode premieres. Now the Cardinals did make a minor deal on Saturday, sending the very, very light hitting Edmundo Sosa to the Phillies in exchange for left-handed reliever Jojo Romero. Kind of an odd move to tra- move to trade with uh, the team that you're directly competing with for the final wild card spot, but Sosa's time in St. Louis, it was done. Like I had seen enough a couple of weeks ago, always had a good glove. Makes, makes fantastic plays at second, short, third. Very fast. He's got great wheels. But if you're not on base, you can't use those wheels. And after seeing what was some pretty decent production last year, hitting six home runs, had close to 30 RBIs, hit over 270 after Paul DeYoung faltered. Um, Just abysmal at the plate this year. He was batting 189 on base percentage of 244. Strikeout rate, and this is what really drives me nuts, is the strikeout rate of 29%. Just brutal. So they flip him to Philly. They get Jojo Romero, who has not had a lot of success at the major league level, appearing in just 25 games over the past three seasons. Now these numbers are ugly. 7.89 ERA in 21 and two-thirds innings. He's also been prone to the long ball. We don't like that whatsoever. And he's coming off of Tommy John's surgery, which isn't the greatest thing in the world. You hope he can bounce back and be fine, but you don't know. But he's left-handed. He throws 95. It's been said that uh, he can reach 97 at times. So he becomes a a useful depth piece. Um, Maybe he comes up to the major league level at some point. Right now, though, Triple-A Memphis is where where he's at. So um, the steal was made just so you got something for Sosa. It had nothing to really do with Jojo Romero. It was just because Sosa had no place on this team anymore anymore because of the resurgence of one Paul DeYoung who was brought up this weekend made it back to the big league club on Friday and performed in a big way. Dare I say we call him Paul DeGon again. Hitting home runs on Saturday and Sunday and you've got to feel good for the guy. The, the struggles are well documented. He was an all-star, signed a pretty team-friendly deal and then the wheels just came off. Just came off. He lost his confidence, couldn't figure out the swing. Eventually gets banished to triple A at the uh, beginning of this season to kind of sort it out. And for a while, it didn't even look like he was going to make it back. Like his numbers were still very, very bad at AAA. But he kept working, kept his head down, didn't complain, just did his business. And then he started mashing again. I, I don't know what clicked for him. I, I don't know what changes he's made. I'm not, I'm not a hitting coach. I don't know if his hands are higher. I don't know if he's altered his strike. I don't know. I don't know what he's done. But it started working in the last couple of weeks, and he earned his call-up and gave the Cardinals an offensive boost from the right side of the plate that the team really has been lacking since Yepes got hurt. Yes, Pujols has done fine, but Yepes going down, eh, it kind of hurt when you had to face the left-hander. So um, he's not perfect by any means. He did strike out three times in seven at-bats, but he's got solid defense. He's always been good at, at shortstop. Power from the right side will make him a valuable piece moving forward. Now, the question I want to raise to you guys, does having the young back and sliding Edmund back over to second base where he just won to go glove, allow the idea of trading one Nolan Gorman seem a little more acceptable? What do you guys think about that? I, for one, do not want to trade Nolan Gorman. I like him a lot. In fact, uh, I, I, I love him. I think Nolan Gorman is a stud in waiting. I think he's going to be a hell of a ball player for years to come. But it's just something I wanted to bring up to you guys just because you got to think about these things. You know, Tommy Edmond hasn't lit it up hitting the ball. Yeah, he's been great with the glove. And when he does hit, this team wins. But he hasn't been amazing. Maybe he could use a couple of more days off. So um, DeYoung being in there, Gorman and Edmond kind of rotating, that makes a lot of sense to me. Obviously, you need DeYoung to do it consistently (laughs) i mean let's not forget they were playing the washington nationals who are not good but leave your comments down below do you believe in paul de young moving forward can you trust paul de young moving forward i ask you so let us know down below betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games you can find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl's firing up here you had uh their, their big day on saturday where everybody gathered together something like that was the name of it where they were bouncing around the league to all the different training camps uh nba nhl combat sports esports even golf that online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered Head to online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. So overall this weekend, I would say we deem it a success, don't we? Don't we have to say it was a success? I mean, you take two of three from the lowly nationals. Of course, you would have liked to have had a sweep. And then take the right fielder away from them as well. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> take the sweep take the right fielder, their heart, their soul, just take all of it from them. But that's not exactly what happened. So let's take you back to Friday night. The all-star Miles Michaelis gets the start and was coming off of a, a subpart effort his last time out against the Reds. And he certainly looked back in form. He tosses seven innings, allows two runs on six hits while striking out four, and he walks just one. Hennessy Cabrera finally makes an appearance. Giovanni Gallegos, both of them throw shutout innings. So you had the pitching on Friday. Offensively, you get Goldie and Arenado back in the lineup, which, of course, is nice. Not like missing out on a couple of All-Stars in your lineup due to vaccination issues in Toronto. Uh, Albert was in there, too, but it was Nolan Gorman and Lars Newbar providing the punch with back-to-back jacks. Uh, Gorman pops his 11th dinger of the year in the sixth, the two-run shot, and then there's Newbar smacking a solo shot right after him, his fifth of the year, and both of them with two outs, which is an added bonus. Two-out RBIs, much less home runs, are are always welcome. It's one thing that I've noticed this team struggles with is when there is two outs and, and runners in scoring position, just seems like a lot of times they they don't get them in. Like they don't get that clutch single or home run or whatever it would take to, to grab that guy and uh, bring him in from third base or even second base. So it was nice to see uh, not much from your big sluggers on Friday, but the team did enough to get it done. So, so they win it Friday night, six to two. Now Saturday, Totally different story on Saturday. The team welcome back Paul DeYoung to the starting lineup. They got their blue jerseys on. Everybody's feeling good. You get contributions up and down the lineup. O'Neal gets a couple of hits before he had to exit with the cramps that I talked about earlier. Uh, Gorman DH, he had two more knocks. Arenado, it's his 19th tater of the season to uh, lead off that second inning. DeYoung, as I mentioned earlier, the big two-run shot. But unfortunately, the pitching wasn't there this time around. And it's one of those things, man. The The team has it up and down all year. It's one thing or another. It's either the hitting's up and the pitching's down. The pitching goes up. The hitting comes down. They just can't seem to find that balance. Uh, Dakota Hudson struggles with deep counts, so he only makes it four and a third. Allows two runs on four hits. He walks two, strikes out one, gives up a home run to Victor Robles. Not the greatest performance. Packy Naughton comes in. been solid in the pen. Very reliable, but... You know, it's one of those games for him. He can't pitch out of the jam. Gives up two runs, three hits, and just two-thirds of an inning. Uh, The seventh is where things really took a big turn. The Cardinals lead a 5-4. Hicks hits the first guy. And you know how it is. Lead-off walks, lead-off hit by pitch. Like Anytime you put the first guy on, it's a problem. So they bring in Henesis Cabrera. Back-to-back days. He comes in. What does he do? He walks Soto. Then Josh Bell comes up. Josh Bell has had a very good season. He's a good hitter. He's a switch hitter, a lot of power, not to be taken lightly. And he beats Cabrera. Plain and simple. Tags one over the right center field wall for a three run jack in a spike, getting one back in the eighth. The Cardinals fall seven to six on Saturday. So that was a big old bottle of suck. That wasn't fun to watch. Luckily, on Sunday, you had the rookie Andre Pallante. Has his best game with the team. He fires eight shutout innings. He strikes out eight. He walks just one on 96 pitches. That was the beautiful part. He's throwing strikes, man. Um, deserved the standing ovation that he got from the Cardinals fans who were in Washington as he came off the field. Uh, again, it's the Nationals, but you've got to feel encouraged about Palante's rookie season. Whether he's been in the rotation or in the bullpen, he's been solid, man. He's not going to be perfect. He's not ace material. But if you had him as your fifth starter, I think you're okay with it. I think I think you're fine. If he has to get moved to the bullpen, I think you're happy there because that's a, a, another piece out there that you feel like you can rely on most of the time. Uh, offensively, Dickerson, he hits a three-run dinger off Josiah Gray. DeYoung goes yard again. Uh, Helsley comes in to put out that late rally in the ninth striking out Hernandez and Soto Soto, the strike 102 miles an hour outside black of the plate. Beautiful. Cardinals get a five, nothing shutout victory. They take the series. And, uh, again, I guess, I guess you go back to the trade deadline and wonder where are the Cardinals go for, are going to go from here. That's the real question. Um, they need things. They need a couple of starters. Do they go one starter and a reliever? Do they continue their pursuit of Juan Soto no matter what it takes? Because apparently the Dodgers have become much more aggressive recently. And now maybe even the Giants who have been flipping and flopping all over the place on what they're going to do, whether they're going to trade away guys like Carlos Rodon and Brandon Belt and Jack Peterson, although Peterson now dealing with some uh, concussion issues. So I don't know if he'll get moved now. Or... Do they flip them and then get prospects to use to go get Juan Soto? That's an idea that's been brought up as well. Um, Who knows? We're going to find out here in the next 24 hours. The uh, trade deadline, I mean, it's been stalled because I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens with Soto. You had the big deal for Luis Castillo over the weekend. You thought more pitchers would start to get traded. And it hasn't happened yet because the teams that also want Frankie Montas, or a, a Carlos Rodon or a Pablo Lopez. Those teams want the prospects that teams like the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Padres, the, they want the prospects that those teams are using to maybe get Juan Soto. So you see why we're at a stalemate right now, as far as the deadline, um, things will pick up. They most definitely will. Uh, if I remember correctly, things were kind of slow at the beginning last year. And then, all hell broke loose in the last 24 hours. So we're not there yet as the time of this recording, but we're, we're getting there. So we'll find out here in the next 24 hours. Do the cards uh, make any major moves? I would say they probably will. And I'm sure there'll be some controversy surrounding it. Whatever it is they decide on, people will hate it. People will love it. That's why we're fans. Uh, the Cardinals have the day off today and are back home to begin a three-game series against the Cubs. And then the Yankees will come to town over the weekend. Aaron Judge this past week, uh, what was it, last county had like 17 home runs this week. I was going up against him in fantasy baseball. And uh, luckily, I was able to, to still win the week. But Aaron Judge did not make it easy. That guy is running away with the American League MVP award. So uh, he'll be in town in St. Louis on, uh, for the weekend. And that's also the return of uh, one Matt Carpenter to St. Louis. He's had a heck of a resurgence in the Bronx, um, which I think a lot of us thought was going to happen. You remember a couple of years ago and, and Carpenter's numbers started to trail off and he wasn't having much success with the Cardinals. And we all discussed where are some places that we could send Matt Carpenter because we wanted good things for Matt Carpenter. It's, it's like with Paul DeYoung. Nobody likes seeing him struggle. But they kept putting him in and kept putting him in and he kept failing. And you could see just the misery in his body language and on his face. It wasn't fun for him anymore. And then he was almost out of baseball after the Cardinals contract with him expired. He ends up going down to Texas, I think is where he was on like a minor league deal. They let him go. The Yankees sign him. And he's been amazing ever since. He's made Joey Gallo expendable in New York because of the production that he's brought there, plus that mustache, whew, strong, strong. You, you can't have a beard with the Yankees, so he's got the mustache instead. And, oh, it's looked good. And the swing has looked good, making the fans of New York a bonker. So they'll be in town on the weekend. Uh, update on Yadier Molina. Caught five innings at Memphis on Saturday, so he's on track to be activated for Tuesday. And, man, it's just how funny how things work out. Guess who's starting tomorrow or the scheduled starter for tomorrow night against the chicago cubs uncle charlie that's right adam wainwright so um it'll be molina and wainwright back together again on tuesday at least that's what's supposed to happen all right follow at elo underscore cardinals on twitter as we keep you posted on uh any of the trades latest rumors breaking news as uh, it becomes available Ah, uh, we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Now make your second listen. The Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. You want the scoop on what's going on uh, in the American League? I know we've talked a lot about what's happening with the Cardinals in the National League, but they're making moves over there too. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts again. Trade deadline is going to be tomorrow, five o'clock St. Louis time. Uh, We'll keep you posted on the rumors, any breaking news. uh, We'll let you know if anything goes down, just uh, keep following on Twitter at LO underscore locked on Cardinals. I'm JD Haffer. Thanks for hanging with me. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time right here on locked on Cardinals.